What do you want? Me, I want my hand on the one dollar bill. You must be joking. Does it look like I'm joking? Hello and welcome to another edition of Films on Trial. This week, La La Land. I'm Gav. I'm Joel. I'm Dave. And I'm Austin. And just like La La Land, we're for the fools who dream. That dream is for a movie podcast that not only highlights the positive and negative aspects of a film, but also includes a lot of dick jokes. Now, <laughs> seriously though, if you've never heard the show before, then hold on to your lampposts because we're about to bring you another sunny day. Um, or oh, it's a day of sun, isn't it? Oh, it didn't land that one. Essentially, we take a film and we put it on trial. It's as simple as that. There's also a whole host of other hilarious shenanigans to keep you entertained, including a bit of banter, some xylophones, sound effects, impressions, a quiz and caption contest. So do stick around. This week's film, as I said before, is La La Land. I couldn't find a sound effect, so I'm just going to do this. That's a, that's a horn. Or this. Hang on, hang on. What's that, drums? No, that's a tap dance. Oh, right, nice. Okay. <laughs> is it? Obviously. Obviously, obviously. Come on, give it the programme, man. Is this film La La Land, or is it La 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 La, I'm not listening, Hopefully, we're going to find out. <laughs> <laughs> that was as bad as last week. <laughs> Shut up, all right? It's hard, man. Uh, right, okay. This, this, oh, shit. Right, just to say that this film will be very spoilerific, so if you haven't seen it yet, you can listen to this episode after you've watched it. It's available on Amazon for £3.49, or you can just trust our judgments. Alternatively, you can fast-forward to the quiz this week brought to you by me, which we'll highlight in the comments section below. Now, before we go on, our last film on trial was The 13th Warrior. Now, Joel, you judge that. Remember, it's the axe getting thrown at somebody. The, hey, listen. Right. Yeah, yes. Now, Joel, sort of. you judge that trial. It's either that or it's from Fifty Shades of Grey. Uh, now, Joel, you judge that trial and deem that it should be placed on the shit list. No, you didn't. You said on the hit list. Sorry, that's just me just thinking that it should be placed on the shit list. On the hit list. You've since gone away and you've watched the film. Did you make the right call? It's definitely one of those Marmite films, and I think you could ask a different person on a different day. Nine times out of ten. And the, yeah, nine times out of ten. And, and they might say it's shit. Um, but it's, a, it's an entertaining film, and I stand by if it's an entertaining film, then it, it's a hit, so yeah. Well done, mate, well done. Um, okay, so it's time for a little bit of film feels before we go into the bulk of the show. Unfortunately, again, Alex is not with us. Somewhere getting a life, I don't know, I don't really like I do to... feel like, you know, the quality of... This podcast so far and last podcast has been noticeably better. Though, it has, it? hasn't it? It has. It just kind of drags the podcast down. We're all better dressed. Yeah. <laughs> if you are listening, I am He, he doesn't listen, so you want. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right, so... He is not here to do his film field, so once again, Dave's going to take the mantle. I don't know why we haven't done it again, but we have loaded up a nice bit of music for you, so I'm you just going to have to on. do something off the cuff. I've got a lot of stuff going on here, mate. I'm spinning I, I, a lot I, of plates. We, we need we, to think The royal on. we is in yeah. you, pal. Right, yeah. you, pull your finger out. Okay. If you're okay. spinning plates, the paper plate's not very good quality. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, so this is time for Dave's film fields. I'll, I'll take it I'll take it what the hell was that in the background are you trying to play something uh... I, I thought I had something better but um, I did it on YouTube and all I got was an advert for a for, for a lamp <laughs> that's what you, that's what happens mate that's what happens yeah. right um, okay so pro like you sorry <laughs> D- Dave what is it's an advert it's still playing Just fucking turn that advert off man <laughs> what kind of lamp is it um... don't Press it again. <laughs> right, sorry. Um, film feels. So this week, as he writes, La La Land. Now, I've actually not seen the film, so I don't know really what goes on. But I seem to recall a dance sequence between uh, Gosling and Stone. So what is your favourite dance sequence? I'm going to start off and set the bar reasonably low. Um, <laughs> like I'm always, gonna, mate, like I'm, always. Because it can only get better from here. And I'm going to go with the legendary dance sequence from Spider-Man 3. <laughs> No, yes, yeah, yes. Bar could not have been lower. That yeah. man, try limboing under that yeah. bastard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but hey, but you know, it is memorable. And then, you know, what, what more do you want? You will always remember that for better or worse. And it was parodied in Into the Spider Verse. Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah, so exactly. It's iconic in its own way. 
I think mine is going to be any number of the dancers from Dancers with Wolves. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen the film, but I can They're imagine by the titles, there's a lot of them. Um, uh, what about Pulp Fiction? It's a good That's one. That's a good dance film. Good one, yeah. That I reckon there's probably loads of John Travolta films with dancing in, isn't there? Yeah, and like, like at least two. Hairspray, Saturday, Saturday, Saturday Night, Night Fever. Fever. Fuck, yeah. that's yeah. a great one. Saturday Night Fever's a pretty iconic one as well. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's like, hey, I'm not going to do the film unless you put some dance in it. <laughs> that's what he said during Face Off, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that's what he was trying to get in the... Uh, no, no, totally different film, sorry. <laughs> I think you've 60 seconds again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about the uh, detention scene from The Breakfast Club? I yeah. think that's quite iconic, isn't it? Pretty iconic. I mean, like, see, like before we started, I was thinking of, like, some really great dance numbers I was going to so go like for. like classic Hollywood uh, sort yeah, of Yeah, yeah, uh, Mambo from um, West Side Story. Yeah. I was thinking Singing in the Rain, that's iconic, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. with Gene Kelly. But then you've brought me down. <laughs> you started low and you brought me down with you, yeah, and now yeah. I'm going for a Breakfast Club. <laughs> <laughs> when I think about that, probably straying into the 80s as well footloose Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, Kevin, yeah. Kevin Let's Bacon. Hear for the boys, man. Yeah. yeah, what a great, what a. Oh, hey, yeah. I, this has been a successful film. Feels hey, so fun. My I think finished. Uh, is it? Yeah. Uh, Joel, <laughs> I think you are right in that the quality overall improves when Brucey's not here, and that is thanks to <laughs> Dave's very Aussie Dave's film feels. Sorry, fucking hell! I thought you said you were ready, man. <laughs> I can just see the Olympics opening yeah, Saturday. I see, yeah. Yeah, I see yeah. the Olympics. I, I mean, I'd, I'd say jib it off before we get sued here. But. <laughs> we're, we're within the margin. That was just the number of seconds we needed. <laughs> okay, right. So thank you very much for that, Dave. Uh, now on to the bulk of the show. This week's film, as mentioned before, is La La Land. Uh, I do not know how well this is going to go. Hang on. <laughs> Whatever, you know, you know what I'm trying to play here. Yeah, that's it, it starts. Yes, well done. Yeah, yeah that you. was pretty good. Man, my fucking sausage fingers ruin every xylophone <laughs> moment for me. One of these days I'm going to smash it out of the park and then I can retire, <laughs> walk away from this shit show. Uh, now, now, this film has been picked out of the hat at random. It was suggested to us by long-time listener Danny McGill, who says... <laughs> Get this on trial, lads. <laughs> Belter film, Trayvon. <laughs> which is French for very good. To anyone um, outside of this room, he was our French teacher. <laughs> <laughs> the models. None of us have spoken to. I have. I have. Yeah, just now. Yeah, just now on Facebook when he recommended this film. I also did text him a while ago about a dream I had with him uh, in it. But he didn't text so, back for some reason. Up. I mean, probably because it was weird. <laughs> Sent it to him about half one in the morning. Um, I think it's weird that you've got our old friend's teacher's phone. <laughs> I know for a fact as well, he, he only responds if you type it out in French. Oh, no. <laughs> That's where I went wrong. En français. Désolé. Now, the roles have been also picked at random, so in defence and trying to get this film placed on the hit list will be Ozzy and Joel. Ozzy is a bit like J.K. Simmons' club slash restaurant owner. He's got awful taste. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, only, I'm only saying that because of what he's wearing. <laughs> um, but, you can't use the bald thing anymore either. I know yeah. I can't. Uh, yeah, I was yeah. going to say, you know, he's bald, he wears yeah. tight uh, black T-shirts and he's got terrible taste. But, you know, <laughs> uh, two out of three ain't bad, as Meatloaf would say. Um, now, and Joel is just like Ryan Gosling's Sebastian. He <laughs> criminally lacks a personality. Harsh. <laughs> <laughs> And acting as prosecution trying to get this film police on the shit list will be me. I'm a bit like Emma Stone's Mia, a failed and bitter actor. <laughs> now, just like real court advocates, we will be making the best case for our roles. These may or may not be our real opinions, though, so do stay tuned to the end of the episode to hear our genuine thoughts. Apologies in advance, Ryan Gosling. Uh, which means this week, Dave has the most important role as he will be playing the judge. Now, Dave is just like Keith Legends. Keith, we all don't like him, but you'll never find out why. <laughs> now, <Never>. D- <laughs> Dave must decide which list the film should be placed on hit or shit based solely on the arguments put to him and not using his own opinion. Now, before we get started, I think it's time to give the listeners a bit of a better understanding as to what this film is about. So let us spin the wheel of impressions. 
Okay, so here what we do is we read out the synopsis of the film in the style of the, one of the cast or characters from the film. This week, it has landed on Austin. <laughs> I knew it was going to be me. And I was so, just trying to think, I've got no idea how to do uh, There's not much to pick from, really. Why don't you just do a, a smooth, sexy voice like Ryan Gosling? Mm. Well, well, never oh my God, I'm erect already. <laughs> well, while navigating their careers in Los Angeles, a pianist, 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 and an actress fall in love while attempting to reconcile their aspirations for the future. Nice. <laughs> oh, hot. Very hot. Well done. It was, all, it was all classy until that sound effect. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm just doing the sound effect for what we're all thinking. Uh, okay, right. So thank you very much for that, Austin. Without further hesitation, Dave, would you like to kick off proceedings, please? Yeah, certainly can do. I mean, Gav mentioned, you know, uh, without any of my own opinions, I've never seen La La Land, so I have no opinion about this. Wow. I know very little about the film as well, apart from the whole Oscars gate thing, which <laughs> we can't really blame La La Land for. So yeah, whoever wants to kick off, by all means, this is a completely uh, open completely uh, open race uh, yeah, I don't can... jump at the chance guys yeah come on <laughs> it's, it's a tough one because on, on paper it sounds like it would be fairly mundane fairly boring because it's actually uh, a fairly for the most part it's a fairly classic story of uh, two you know sort of um, people yeah you know well, two people <laughs> fall, in, we fall in love um and then they they go their separate ways throughout so that's the very very simplest amount of it but really it's it's two very very passionate people who are trying to do what they um you know what, what they are passionate about so you've got um, ryan gosling who's um really into his jazz he's jazz pianist he's in a club um but he's you know he's he's this they're trapped in la so it's it's often been touted this film as like a, a love story like a, a love story to LA, but it's not really. It's actually a love story to people who are passionate about things. And LA kind of uh, holds them back and, and, and separates them. Um, so he's there, he's playing his jazz and he's having to play stuff that he doesn't want to do because yeah. that's what LA does to people. She's a, uh... <laughs> Apologies to any of our LA <laughs> listeners, but your hometown is a shithole, essentially, <laughs> yeah. is what he's saying here. Oh, no, I mean, it's, it's Get out of it. your home. <laughs> It stinks. It's, it's made to look incredibly well, and then uh, and then she's an actress. You know, you see her throughout the going to auditions, and people aren't even paying attention to her. So she's just, you know, they are stuck trying to do what they love, kind of trying to come up with new ways to get to do what they love in the way they love it, and they never they never get to do that. You know, that's that's what is is driving them throughout the um, throughout the process. But they come together, they see each other, they recognize each other's passions, and they learn to um, they learn to appreciate that throughout. And then, and then by the end, the combination is that they, they basically do. become um, be. a victim of their own success, really. So they both kind of become successful um, in their own fields, and it drives a wedge between them, really. Like uh, halfway between in the film, sorry, uh, like Ryan Gosling kind of he, he's in a band and it becomes a successful band, but Emma Stone's character kind of realizes that he's not playing the music that he wants to play. So she's kind of thinking that he's a bit of a sellout, really. Um, and then he basically says, well, you liked me better when I wasn't successful. Um, so he's become really successful in a band, but he's not doing the music that he wants to do, and she's thinking that he's not being true to himself. So it, 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 it forces this wedge between them, and then later on um, she kind of becomes successful uh, being an actress, and by the end of the film she's fulfilled her dream of being a really successful actress, and Ryan Gosling has fulfilled his dream of owning a jazz club, um, but essentially their relationship is non-existent. She goes off and marries another guy, um, essentially. So, as I say, they, they basically become a victim of their own success, in a way. Um, so it, it's a different kind of spin on uh, on a classic yeah, tailor, as Ozzy well. says. It's, it's not like they end up together and everything's happy in the end. It is in, in one hand, in the fact that they both fulfilled their dreams, so you're not kind of left with an empty feeling, but it's not, you know, all kind of... Uh, all roses all the way through. Yeah, exactly. It's not like your Disney fairy tale ending, or, or even your classic Hollywood fairy tale ending. It's mm-hmm. it's, um, it's kind of bittersweet. It's very. It's, I think it's a very poignant closing scene, really. And yeah. I think that lends itself throughout. It's very well shot throughout the story. Like I said, it's not filled with um, you know, huge Plot. twists and turns. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's not. It's it's people growing up and and trying to get what they want to do. You know, it's essentially starting. 
our lives sort of five years ago to where we might end up in five to ten years' time. It's not going to be massively exciting for anybody, you know, else unless we start singing, isn't it? And um, and if we can we sing nearly that. as and if we can sing nearly as well as what goes on in this um, this film, then uh, I think we'll all have a good time. Well, this all sounds good, but I've got a feeling that's about to change. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this is essentially when Harry met Sally, but with some dancing in it. Um, good dancing. I would watch that <laughs> film. By the way, I, I would watch that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's wrong it? with it when Harry met Sally? Uh, to, right, and, and there's nothing wrong with it. I'm just saying that when Harry met Sally, did it better. Uh, so, Take a shit a film. To make your point. <laughs> no, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no so I'm saying that it, it's it's like it lacks originality. Essentially, for, for me, the biggest problem with this is that they are two young, uh, very attractive like sort of i mean like wealthy essentially because they're in positions where they should be really struggling she's working in a coffee shop he's playing the piano in in, in a restaurant slash bar but they still live in great places they still go out on great dates they have a great time it doesn't really show the struggles of people living in la i would say and they don't really seem to have any other problems apart from oh i you know it just seems like two like rich white people moaning about their problems like i want to be a successful pianist i want to be a successful actress you know like well you know millions of people have these struggles as well you know what i mean in la in, uh, and in la yeah <laughs> specifically in la i, I mean it's not it, it, yeah exactly but the thing is is that like what it just goes to show you is you know what you can you can meet your dreams and you can live your dreams and the thing but the paths that they take are just ridiculous you know like ryan Reynolds, uh, ryan Reynolds, ryan sorry. Reynolds. <laughs> ryan Reynolds and then suddenly gets covered in acid and then... it would have been a better film it would have been a better film i'm just saying that i didn't really care about the plot it just seemed to like sort of drag in in bits uh, when they first meet each other right at the beginning um ryan goslin his character sebastian is a complete arsehole you know he's playing jazz at this club emma stone's mirror is walking past she hears the jazz she walks in and she's like oh man that's brilliant jk simmons hears him playing jazz and he's like no i just want you to play shit music in this restaurant get out and as he's walking that a, past that a direct quote <laughs> pretty much it, it should be uh, as he's walking out emma stone uh, says oh i just listened to you it was amazing and he literally shoulder barges her he almost tries to walk he, through her he, like the biggest dick move don't try and deny this he is it's like just he's been fired yeah okay he's just been fired Literally so you're allowed fired. to physically assault a lady who comes up and offers physically assault her to like, be distracted from what's around you and to be a bit pissed off that someone's just told you you have no place here this job where you were trying to do your own thing do whatever we don't want you here right before christmas and he knows it's christmas because the decorations are out and we know it's Christmas because the decorations and because J.K. Simmons keeps on telling them to play Christmas music. I think that's the biggest giveaway, to be honest. Obviously, it wasn't like how many fucking baubles are in the background. It was the fact he's playing Jingle Bells on the piano. That would have been a very different story. It's like we play some Christmas music. It's May. <laughs> but you know, so he's just been fired. So he's not in a good headspace, and I think that comes across really well. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's not ready to hear people say, "Oh, your piano playing was great." He's trying to get out of there he's uh, you know yeah. honestly he's like sometimes i'll have a really bad day at work and i'll come home and i'll just shoulder tackle siobhan and i'll just be like <laughs> she'll be like oh look i've got some dinner i'll be shut up i just <laughs> i mean i noticed she wasn't here today when we came in she just stays yeah. away from you whenever we have a podcast night just in case it goes badly no nah, no nah, she, she, she's in hospital <laughs> recovering from that broken shoulder <laughs> now like, what jokes <laughs> aside we do not condone <laughs> uh, she walked into a Door, it's fine. Oh, now, man. listen, like, all I'm going to say... She's also living in Russia. We all know why she's not here. And she's living in Russia to do work. She's yeah. not living in Russia because she's left me. To escape. Uh, because I'm abusive. <laughs> now, uh, I will say that... Uh, so after their first meeting, there's just, like, several points where they kind of... Are they going to get together? No, they're not. Are they going to get together now? No, they're not. You know, she's with somebody else. Is she going to break it off? No, she's not. And then it comes to a head in about an hour mark where she leaves a meal she's with with her boyfriend to rush to the cinema to meet ryan gosling they watch a film then they go to an observatory then they have like this really romantic date then they kiss and then you have the fade out on the two characters and i was like oh that's a great ending there you go film ended and then it's just 
like, okay, you know, fade in. And now it's like, it's the summer or, you know, it's, it's the next season. And it's, it's essentially just lots of stuff that I don't care about, you know, like her going to auditions and um, trying to become a successful actress, her accepting a part for like a one woman show, him playing the piano loads. We meet uh, John Legend's Keith character. He takes an instant dislike. Well, he knows him, sorry, I should say, and he hates him. And we never find out why. He's like, he's a prick. Um, and Emma Stone's like, why? Oh, it doesn't matter. You know, and then in the next scene, um, she is on the phone to her mom saying like, oh, um, yeah, I just wish he had a stable job. So he decides to take the offer that John Legend gave him of playing the piano in his band. The band becomes mega successful. As Joel said before, Emma Stone, uh, Mia sort of criticizes the music that he's playing and says he's not being true to himself. What I find hard to believe is that he's been playing in this band for months. I'm going to say about three months, right? He's been doing interviews on radio shows and local TV stations. He has been recording nonstop with them. He's been playing live with them as well, doing photo shoots. And she, uh, she goes to a, a gig essentially and she's listening to him on the piano and she's like, yeah, this is amazing. And then all the lights and the techno and, you know, like it sounds like a very funky upbeat um, modern version of jazz starts and she's like what the fuck's this and I'm thinking to myself you live with him the two of you live together right he's been in this band for three months are you not telling me that you didn't know what he was playing you're saying that all of this the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's a fair point <laughs> that's just a knife right oh, through the heart that's a good counter yeah. listen the reason only one of the widows listens to the podcast listen yeah, she, she does she listens <laughs> attentively <laughs> The reason she doesn't listen is because she doesn't like my voice. <laughs> <laughs> and, it's, and it's told throughout that she's not actually a big jazz fan. She's an actress who just wants to act. And, you know, and she's been acting like she's supportive throughout the entire film, doing a great job of it. And then, you know, she comes to watch him just to, to fulfill the role. And she's not into it. But I think you can go along with all that stuff throughout, but, but people don't always know what happening you support people without understanding what the music is they're playing you can you can you could be in a band you could be in a job for you know three or four years and just going along with it because it's moving forward you think it's going to go to a place where you get to do what you want to do you know if you're in a band you think that you're going to have the creative uh, freedom to get there and that's what this is showing throughout you know he's involved in it he sees that he's getting successful he sees that you know he's grasping at what he thinks he wants yeah but at the same time he's losing his creative um edge you know he's, he's actually yeah. he is but he doesn't see that because he's involved in it but like for me there is just some stupid decisions in it you know there's a bit later on where emma stones like mia she is it's open at night i think she, it's only for one night this one woman show that she's doing this is really important she's been working on this for so long he's been off around the the, um, the country just touring with this band he's come back to surprise her to watch the show right then um on like the morning of the show John Legend brings him up and is like oh uh, you haven't forgotten about the photo shoot that we're doing tonight for some magazine right and he goes like oh shit yeah um, okay I'm gonna come along to that and the whole time he's kind of at the photo shoot he's thinking you know I should really be at this one woman show that you know my, my girlfriend has been working towards for months and I know how important it is for her and he's, he's kind of racked with guilt the entire time and then he goes no I'm gonna go to it and then he runs to it and obviously he's like an hour or two late or whatever and she's annoyed that he wasn't there because when the lights come up there's only about four people in the the audience and he's not one of them and it's just one of those decisions with any rational person in a relationship do that choose some shitty photo shoot that doesn't have any consequences really i mean the keyboard player probably doesn't even need to be in it you know what i mean or they could just like kind of i don't know it's pretty mean to keyboard players (laughs) tell that to rick wakeman from yes (laughs) rick we don't really need to be in the band rick (laughs) what a reference (laughs) they could have taken a cardboard cut out of rick wakeman or you know photoshopped him in later on you know and sat it at the on the front row of his girlfriend's one woman show you know that that is that is more important you know what i mean if it was a case of uh, like cat had something really important on tonight um, that she'd been working for for months it was she a did passion. i'm here at the podcast <laughs> no, no, bullshit. and then all you had to do uh, you had to pick between the two do a podcast recording they'll do that you would go to your partner's uh, special event of course i would but by the sounds of it we're gonna have more longevity than gosling and stone <laughs> i think uh, as well G- gav is uh, personalizing this a bit too much uh, <laughs> I started that story. <laughs> Everybody listening is probably like, who are these characters? <laughs> um, uh, but uh, frantically Googling. <laughs> uh, so, 
it does kind of take place like that, but you've got to remember that this, you know, they haven't been going out for that long. Yeah. And also, they've both, well, Ryan Gosling's got a lot of shit going on. And, you know, I don't think it's meant to be taken, like, so literally in that, you know. They've been going off for nearly a year, though. I mean, they got together at the Christmas, because, you know, they, was, they were listening to Christmas songs. And it's the third season, so it's it's fall. But it's it's one of them things. I like the way your uh, math sets up there. So it could it could literally only be seven months. We we just dis- we discuss it uh, this seven type months. of stuff. Better than fucking seven days, isn't it? You know. So so we discuss this stuff like all, all the time. You know, it, it's just um, uh, something that you don't need to worry about. It's just something that that moves the plot along. And if you were g- kind of going to get into all that stuff, you could say, well, surely you'd have just texted and say, you know, I can't come or whatever. Exactly. That, that, exactly. That's, that's, that's what would be. That's even better. Yeah, but that's what would be happening in real life. But <laughs> if you put that in the in the film, you know, it, it would just ruin the whole fucking film. So it's best not to dig into stuff like that. But one thing that Ozzy, uh, would you grow up? <laughs> Unbelievable. You think this was Fifty Shades of Grey episode? <laughs> <laughs> the word the word come has got him red in the face. He looks like a fucking tomato. It wasn't just that. It was just that this would have made this a completely different film. Spiral out of control. Um, I want to talk about uh, the chemistry between Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling. Which chemistry? I, I just think it's it's <laughs> come now the the main chemistry you have. Yeah, I, I just think, think it's a, it's absolutely stuff, right? spot on. You know, and it, I think there's been a lot of kind of attempts uh, at kind of making a good musical within the last 10 years but i think la la land will be one of those that you'll be able to watch in 20 or 30 years kind of as you can now with things like uh you know any number of the musicals that are on today from the 80s apart from cats um so <laughs> uh, the, the chemistry is absolutely spot on you know you genuinely kind of feel that they have a, a connection and a, and a caring for each other and i think with the amount of characters in this film and there aren't many and the ones that are on there apart from emma gosling and i'm just gonna call both of them emma gosling from now on. <laughs> ryan, um, ryan stone sounds like a great 80s detective though doesn't he yeah, yeah. Ryan Stone or a, or a wrestler <laughs> i thought wrestler as well Um, You know, I think it needs to be spot on, and and it is. I think the cast in there was done expertly well. So the chemistry's good. How are the performances as individuals? I think they're absolutely brilliant. I think you can believe in what they're trying to do. I think they really capture the passion for what they're involved in, Um, and they're acting right from the get-go. The the whole scene setting from the get-go is good. You know, it starts with this, like... um, I made a little note to it, like presented in cinema scope to try and set you to the the era, you know, the the vibe. That, that's when is it set? It's it's reasonable. Yeah, it's modern. Yeah. But it's the thing is, the, the aesthetic makes you out. think that it's like you know, thirties to fifties yeah. classic. Because looking at the poster, models. I could have been convinced that it was yeah, like yeah, yeah. classic Hollywood era. And I think the idea is to get you into Ryan Gosling's character, sort of mindset of this conservative jazz approach. He, he's got this like. No, this the jazz club. This is what he's trying to trying to preserve, you know. So it's got it does have that vibe to it. So you were going to getting down into like a yeah, like a like a classic speakeasy jazz type vibe. Mm. Um, so straight from the off, you can believe in what he's trying to do, what he's getting at. He's got like a bit of a you know, like a, a laddie wit to him in his responses to the Has he? Uh, I think a, a laddie wit. Maybe not laddie wit. For me? But you know, like with these, you know, he's quite quick to 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 mum, you know, mumbles under his breath. You know, just just audibly when people say something to him, you're like, oh, you could have said that nicer when he yeah. comes back to work. Those sorts of things, you know, it's he's a dick essentially, is what I was trying to say. <laughs> but 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 believable though, it's not like he's, over yeah, the believably top. is a dick. <laughs> well, that gets you involved with the character, you know, you understand them. He, he does a really good job acting in this, genuinely, and so does she. So may not necessarily like him, but it's still a good performance. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a brilliant performance. Okay, yeah. I, I would say it's exactly the opposite. I like Ryan Gosling, and I think he gives great performances, or he has given great performances in other things. But this, it's like, for me, after Drive, he's trying to play this really sort of like unemotive, one-level sort of like badass, you know, sort of like a James Dean type figure where you don't have to say much. You can just you can convey it with the, with your eyes, essentially. A bit I mean, like, that is Ryan Gosling's every role yeah. you just described. <laughs> but to me, in this, like when he does speak, he is a bit of a dick. You know, like and the first thing, as I said before, the shoulder tackle, you know, like he's, he's just, he's, he's not that great. Uh, like, you know, not going to see uh, Mia's performance 
confidence. You know, there's other things that he just does. He's a bit obnoxious to get her attention. A lot of the time he just honks his horn outside the, the door rather than going up and like kind of knocking on it. And when they're together, like essentially, if you, for me, the synopsis of this film is just two hours of Ryan Gosling mansplaining things. Like the amount of fucking mansplaining he does about jazz. What the is, hell is mansplaining? Oh, when you just like overly explain something, but a man does it to a woman in just like a really sort mm-hmm. of like um, condescending manner. Just like, oh, the thing about jazz really is this. And it's funny it's you should like, mention that. Siobhan mentioned something. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Siobhan, what you don't understand about Predator. Is... <laughs> um, she, the thing about podcasts is... <laughs> she was saying, you know, like, you, you never mentioned me on the podcast. She's going to rue this day. <laughs> um, no, but to, to be honest, she wouldn't even listen to it anyway, so she wouldn't know. Uh, right now, um... Cattle know. Cattle tell her. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's, and, and, you know, to, I just think he's a little bit condescending. You know, he's a little bit sort of smug and arrogant and pig-headed, essentially. So when he does something wrong, it's essentially a bit like, you know, Harry's character from When Harry Met Sally, when he does something wrong, he doesn't see that he's done wrong. Mm. And what could have just solved this so much better and made this a better love story is if he just would have sucked it up and just gone to her house and said, listen, I'm really sorry, you know, like giving her some flowers, you know, apologised for his behaviour, said, you know, like I did lose sight, I should have come and seen the play, you know, like, you know, let, let's... let's well, you're kind of yeah. describing an actual love story there. And as yeah. we said... You know, it doesn't it doesn't end up that way. They kind of are successful in their careers, but not in love. So just, if he did those the, things, the, the, the it would take are, all their yeah, boxes. The characters are flawed, and and brilliantly so. You know, he he, he keeps up that um, that persona throughout. You know that that honking the horn scene is quite funny. You know, and then the uh, well, Emma Stone's mate, she's like, "Oh, is he going to do this every time?" You know, and she looks out, and she's like. Yeah, I think so. Think like you know, air and, character. And it's funny. It's it's. You said about chemistry. They, like the chemistry is just like kind of it's manufactured. Essentially, I can see that she's got chemistry with him, but not the other way around. If that makes sense. So like when he's honking the horn, and Amy is like, "Oh yeah, is this dickhead going to be like this every time he comes on here?" And she's got this smile on her face, like he's just proposed to her, because or you know, his, she's just been given the best compliment. She's like, "Yeah, he's so nice, isn't he?" <laughs> you know, it's just like she's completely vapid. <laughs> But I think that's that's part of it. That's part of the, the, the humor and his humor. You know, she she's seeing something in him that other people are not seeing, and that's what you you grasp about the that that's what's being portrayed within. Or that she's not seeing what everybody else does. You know, potentially. <laughs> you know, who, who, you know, that's for people to to make that that assumption out of it. I saw it as though she's yeah, she's madly in love with him at this point, and he's madly in love with her. They're choosing to spend time with each other. But also not all, you know, they're they're still they're torn, they're conflicted with progressing their career and because they're passionate about it, and then trying to move on with, you know, with, with love, you know. But that's that's how it that's just how it works. It's not um, they're, they're flawed characters, but it's really well played, really well done. Okay, is yeah. there anything else anyone wants to add about cast or characters? I mean, is there anyone else in the film of note worth mentioning? Uh, there's lots of bit parts, mm. but they 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 they. They're, they're not really what the the film is about. Okay. So it does focus on these two. Yeah, essentially. It focuses on these two main characters, and for me, both central characters are pretty dull. Uh, <laughs> and also pretty and dull. Uh, now, like, the thing is, is that it's it, like they've got nothing to them for me there, there is nothing uh, there's nothing to them uh sebastian he's just sullen a lot of the time he's also really smug um from the get-go he's a bit of an arsehole as i said before uh, mia is just very one-dimensional all she wants to do is become an actress that's it essentially we don't really learn that much more about her at least with sebastian we know that he wants to open a bar and, and restaurant and that he plays jazz piano in a bar and then becomes in a band he's got more going on for him granted um but mia has just got not a lot to her at all now one thing i wanted to say about casting characters here is that one thing that i did have an issue with is the fact that it's set in la and la's biggest percentage or demographic um of, of um, residents is latin american right and the fact that i like i can't think i mean it's been a few days since i've watched it of one latin american character in this entire film and when it comes to um any other sort of ethnicity or race it's very slim as well and um, when it comes to black characters you've got john legend and then the rest of them are just you know jazz musicians essentially so whenever you see a black character in this film he's playing jazz and that's another thing that i find you know like it's to, it's to, it's a love letter to jazz and how great jazz is and how you know like jazz has changed and evolved but you should really still appreciate the classics 
and it's told or mansplained I should say by Ryan Gosling's white musician so it's just like it's talking about predominantly African American music that is once again mansplained by a white guy it's just like it just seems a little bit like oh it would have for me been better if John Legend would have been playing Sebastian and Ryan Gosling would have had a cameo later on as Keith that would have for me that would have been great um, yeah I think oh, go on. Yeah, go on. you know I, I can agree with some of Gav's points there there are you know the the diversity in the film isn't the best let's say that but I don't think you have to be African American to enjoy jazz you know I think everybody can do, enjoy jazz and it's something that he's passionate about and you know like I say the diversity could be better but it doesn't mean that uh, you know we should we should pick apart the character just because he is a white male that enjoys jazz yeah, more, 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 like, uh, on what Joel's saying, there, said that we're, there was a lot of backlash, particularly after they got the Oscars, about that, about it being, you know, whitewashed essentially. You know, the same way we've had that um, that argument coming up in other films recently. Um, it, it's not a big part of it, and I think if the film hadn't been so cr- well well received critically and hadn't been such a big hit, I don't think it ever would have been been mentioned. I don't think it was that big an issue. It's not really. Not that it's not. Not that they're not in it. I, I, that is a big issue. That it could easily, very, very easily, have um, been more diverse and had more people in it. But that's not. It's not really what the story is about. It's a very light-hearted um, take about just two passionate people. The, the fact that it's jazz, the fact that it's set in LA, all that sort of stuff—they're just nice ways to to portray great cinematography. It's an easy position, an easy um, location to shoot and make it look good and stylized in order to get the, the, the you know to get songs in to get the story through. It, it's sort of secondary, and if it hadn't been so critically acclaimed, if the whole Oscar gate hadn't mm-hmm. happened. It may not have been such a big issue, but because it was and because it really highlighted a point that, oh, we've got this film touching upon, um, you know, historically black music and you've got only white actors and actually the Oscars is mainly white actors and you're overlooking these great films where with a diverse cast, you know, with female cast, big female actors... It, it wouldn't have had such a big backlash if it hadn't been. I, such a, I completely well, such a disagree. Thing. I completely. I don't think it's because you know it got a backlash because it was compared to Moonlight. You know, it, it wasn't that at all. It was the fact that for me, it's set in LA, and the largest percentage of population in LA, over fifty percent, I think, is Latin American. And the fact that there's, like, I can't think of one. But I think that so the, the girl who starts um, another day of sun. Um, she's Latin American and I think there might be one other cast member later on but I'm, I'm struggling here I know, you, you're uh, fully right there, yeah. there is next to no one and, and the, the fact is is that like that, that should not be the case like regardless of what area you're setting this in oh yeah, uh, yeah I mean I didn't, I didn't mean because of where it's set or because of whatever I just meant they, they're not in there they could easily have been in there they should be yeah, in yeah. there you know we've been talking <clears throat> about this on so many films previously mm. you know we talked about it in 13th Warrior yes they the casting could have been better. Yeah. Definitely. No doubt about it. It could have been better. It didn't need to be Emma Stone. didn't need to be Ryan Gosling. They didn't need to be the characters they were but to have got the same I'm, I'm not saying, like, yeah. re- replace those characters. I'm saying for me it would have been better if the John Legend yeah. and the Ryan Gosling characters would have been swapped. However, yeah. what I'm saying is if you're going to go with Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone, that is fine. But what you need to actually accurately represent is, is the, the city the that you yeah, are yeah. filming in. And mm-hmm. if you're filming in a city that's predominantly a Latin American population, there needs to be more Latin american actors there yeah no de- definitely but did that detract from the story the actual story the entertainment of the film i don't think it did i think i think it's regrettable definitely but it doesn't actually impact the story okay yeah definitely good points well made on both sides there um but you mentioned something about great cinematography just to bring it back a little bit how how is this film it's shot really how does well. it look oh it's really really good all and the music scenes are done very well there are a few shots which linger a little bit too much but actually when we listen back to um arguments we had in other um musicals where um our our prosecutor you know was very much against how quickly some of the scenes were shot and he liked things that were were lingering you got to see dance numbers you got to see things like that going through this this does it really well and it actually feels organic it doesn't feel like Mm. suddenly everybody's bursting into song that is what's happening but it feels like a part of the plot it doesn't feel shoehorned in Mm. which ties into the whole theme of the film the film is a musical that is the genre in which it fits so it's like 
how are the musical numbers? What are the songs like? What's the dance choreography like? How does this work? How does this gel together? Works really well. I mean, I think everyone's seen the uh, the little dancing on that bench in LA. You know that I, I don't know what that park's called, but it's the bench that's used in tons of films. Um, and the rest of the film is extremely stylish as well. I think that's kind of a key word that you could use for this film being stylish. I think it represents both like the cinematography and. Uh, the music and the choreography. It's not kind of your typical musical choreography. It's not like loads of people, you know, cl- doing clapping and yeah. all kind of, uh, uh, you know, kind of in sync. It, it's very much uh, kind of less is more in this film, I think. Yeah, didn't feel um, as cheesy as, as, as some of those. Yeah, uh, and it fits the music, especially kind of the jazzy film of the film, uh, really, really well. And I think a, a lot of the music will be... Uh, kind of uh you know be sticking with you even after you've watched the film in the same kind of vein that we said with uh something like the greatest showman where that soundtrack was very popular i think the soundtrack for la la land uh was very very popular as well and you know i can see this if it isn't already uh you know going to something like broadway or something where hopefully they'll use I mean, it's a fair uh, point. more I mean, diverse I, actors i did recognize city of stars as Gav was playing it. Yeah, yeah. Well, what you should, you because it is played throughout this film. <laughs> <laughs> Which Honestly. Dave hasn't seen. No, it is, it is like Ryan Gosling's motive every time, uh, so motif, I should say, every time he appears on the screen, <laughs> it's just that, essentially, and it's like, oh, it's a lovely song, but I do feel it is being overplayed slightly. And um, Now, uh, t- just a quick note on cinematography before. I will say, just like Ryan Gosling, it is absolutely beautiful, <laughs> but vapid. <laughs> <laughs> analogy now the music the choreography the aesthetic it all clambers to be a golden hollywood age but it just to me it just feels like you know it's the thing it's a poor imitation uh now the dancing and the music are just nowhere near as good as they need to be and like jill mentioned the famous hilltop dance scene before to a, a lovely night the cinematography is gorgeous admittedly apparently there was like a, a 30 minute window uh, um, for a case of like a week where they had to go between like 720 and 750 where they got like this lovely beautiful purple sunset and you know they they, they use that but like take that away what you've got is pretty tame dancing to be honest it's just small sections of shuffling and like this is for me this is the big moment of the film this is the moment that you see on the posters this is the moment that you know it goes down as you know like being iconic because of that dance you know where they where they shuffle and you know they've got uh, one arm raised and one arm um, kind of downwards like you know like a sort of like uh, a diagonal against each other right that is an iconic image now that only happens once in the actual dance itself the rest of it is just very basic tap very basic you don't you don't overuse your most iconic visual no 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 no. i'm saying oh they use that diagonal thing no 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 i'm saying that they just needed to be more of it this is like a sort of like an astaire and rogers moment but when you compare it to something like you know some of the classics that they were in like swing time and top hat it's not even in the same league and maybe you know that's to do with recording schedules that you know fred astaire and ginger rogers and actors of that era had less on their slate so they had more time to dedicate to their projects and that gosling and stone maybe didn't have as much time to rehearse or block the numbers or whatever but compare this to stuff like you know some of the musicals we were talking about before chicago hairspray and um, les mis another of a, a number of other musical adaptations and the musical numbers just aren't up to standard i honestly think that they made the casting choices based on on the, the attractiveness or the you know the star caliber of the leads and not their singing dancing abilities um to, to, to in for terms me, of dancer no if we were going to write this as a tap scene this it's, is, you know, this, no, is at least, this is at least 20 times better than the Titanic tap scene. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a classic. But it's, it, but it's not good. I mean, like, for me, watching this, I was like, I was pumped for this scene i was like this yeah. scene's going to be great because i know this scene i know it from all the posters from you know this is this is you know the iconic scene and it was just really let down i was like hang on what the hell was that there's a bit on it where it's sort of um charlie chaplin-esque where ryan gosling is sat on the bench so for i'm gonna say um a quarter of this dance number they're both sat on the bench and he's just like shuffling his feet and it it's you know it's like come on you should be up on your feet you should be doing like a, amazing tap i'm thinking of something like you know from the, the closing number of act one of anything goes you know something that's actually going to blow my socks off here but it was really really tame and when it comes to singing i hate to say it 
Gosling is an average singer at best. And when he's singing sort of more than half of the songs in this, this, you know, this show, this film, the quality of the overall film is, is suffering. You know, we mentioned City of Stars before. It's a lovely song, but Gosling is like a vacuum sucking all the fun out of it. He doesn't have, he doesn't do anything with it. He just kind of like, it's almost like, it, you know, it's, it's like one o'clock in the morning and he wants to go to bed and they just give this song to him and say, sing along to that. You know, there's no passion. There's no like energy. There's nothing. There's no enthusiasm behind it at all. He's just sort of singing it for singing its sake. And I mean, it, he's, he's no Russell Crowe. He is, <laughs> he is no Russell Crowe. I'll give him that. Okay. Anyone got anything to add before we uh, bring this to a close? I, I, you've got to remember, like Gav's looking at this as a, you know, as a failed actor. <laughs> as a, as, as, he should find it relatable. As, yeah, yeah. You know, as, as a guy who's, who's studied tap, he's had his tap dancing you know that's been his whole reason why he didn't make it because it's so rubbish listen i saw show him, your pile I, saw his da- <laughs> I saw his tap dancing in um in, west side in story west side story i saw his tap dancing in bugsy malone he didn't even get it some other kid got it <laughs> who's a book binder now like that listen. kid doesn't even become an actor i will say <laughs> the critics said my performance of riff was the best performance of riff on that night and date <laughs> in that particular theatre they said it was like honestly couldn't compare yeah. unbelievable yeah, well, so, so, seriously, and I didn't well, even audition for Books of the Lone, right seriously, the, the director said I was too much of a piss taker to be considered for a part that's true he did say yeah, that true, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so yeah, yeah aside from per- person, personal attacks aside um, you know Gav's or you know, sort of right. Is that that scene isn't as um, as big and overblown as as other um, you know as other combinations. So it's not as big as the the major Les Mis songs. But you know, it's a very different musical to Les Mis. This is a lot more laid back, a lot more stylized. This is not get your heart pumped. Come out, we're gonna take on the royals. You know, we're not out there to kill people in this. What? That's what happens in Lima, isn't it? Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, okay, right, I get it. We're there to overthrow okay, the people of the revolution. Big, big moment yeah. in history. Cheers, Danny. There <laughs> no, I was, I, I'm, I'm, just... the, I'm getting the vote off McGill. <laughs> <laughs> Vive la revolution! Um, genuinely, like, this, this, is, <laughs> this is, you know, this is not the same film. This is a different feeling altogether. Possibly because it wasn't a stage musical in the first instance. Yeah, yeah, this is a stylish film. Exactly, musical, you've got nothing to compare it to, you know, I mean, this should have been out of the gate. You know, they had as much creativity as he wanted. He could do whatever he wanted with this film. You know, there was nothing that you could compare it to and say, well, it wasn't as good as the stage adaptation. This is its own thing. They kept the beauty of the area. You're not looking at cheesy, cheesy, over-the-top dancing. You're looking at something that's restrained and well-directed and just kept together. Hmm. Some people aren't going to like that. Some people are going to want a bigger, you know, bigger, greater showman-esque, you know, a big spectacle. Could easily have done that, definitely. And maybe you wouldn't have felt too bad about it, but they didn't. They kept it they kept it calm. They kept it, you know, that traditional jazz vibe. Mm. Okay. You know. Okay. I think I've I've got a lot to consider here, actually. This is gonna be quite a tricky one. Um has someone got something to distract me from my thoughts for a bit? I have a quiz. Okay. <laughs> now once again, Brucey should have been writing this quiz. And he dicked me in it big time. <laughs> what a phrase. <laughs> so I wrote this quiz. You have a way with words. <laughs> I wrote this quiz in about 15 minutes before we started recording. So apologies if it's shit. It's probably still better than Brucey's. That's, you know, let's be fair and honest here. <laughs> now, I've called this quiz Killing Two Goslings with One Stone. <laughs> <laughs> Now, uh, this is all about La La Land. Specifically, it's two leads, Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone, right? Uh, first one to the buzzer. Some of these questions are piss hard. Uh, <laughs> some of them are fairly easy. So the first one to buzz in, we'll get it. Okay, number one, Damien Chazelle became the youngest ever Best Director Oscar winner with La La Land. But this isn't the first film he wrote about a pianist. Which 2013 Elijah Wood film takes that crown? Oh, man. Yeah, I, I will say it had limited release. I think I was uh, one of maybe the six people that watched it. No, I was an Elijah Wood. No idea. He watched it three times. Playing a pianist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was a pianist. A uh, grand pianist, you would say. Uh, the grand pianist. Oh, nearly. The great pianist. No, oh, come on, no. The Elijah Wood is. The grand piano. Grand uh, piano. Uh, it is not good. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, it's fucking bonkers. He is a, a 
piano player, right? And he's about to do this great performance on this amazing grand piano that was built by this um, famous musician who was really wealthy. But uh, he gets a call from John Cusack's assassin (laughs) who says, I'm going to eliminate you. I'm going to kill you unless you play this song. As in an assassin played by John Cusack or the man who killed John Cusack. (laughs) Both, (laughs) because John Cusack essentially killed his own career. (laughs) But uh, he has to play this song on the piano and he has to hit a certain note at a certain time to unlock the piano, which is also a safe to uh, like release this oh guy's God. wealth. And it's, it's like oh. sore, but he's got to play piano. <laughs> yeah, it isn't good. It isn't good. So man. he's got to play the piano to keep going. So it's like speed with the piano. Yeah, essentially, it's called tempo. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I'm Dante. I'm Dante. <laughs> man, we need to make that a fucking t-shirt. Um, now it's uh, number two. It's strange to think of an actor with more personality playing this lead role um, but <laughs> which previous Damien Chazelle collaborator was first choice to play Sebastian not the kid from um, the drumming show oh, 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 oh when you say not oh is it him yeah who is oh. he don't know the, uh, I don't know his name oh my mind's gone blank on his name I've forgotten what the bloody thing we were talking about before the... Uh, Whiplash. From Whiplash. What's Whiplash, the guy's yeah. name from Whiplash? Right, well, I'm going to give the give point the, to Ozzy. Give us the first name. Um, it's what you might say if you've walked a long distance. You've walked... What? Fucking low. Miles. Eight miles. Yeah. Miles. Oh, I'm uh, not going to get it. And, uh, it's, 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 it's what the kid from Big wished into. <laughs> he, miles. <laughs> Fortune. Oh, tell her. Yeah, Miles. Oh, tell I was going to uh, say Zoltar. Yeah, Miles Zoltar. <laughs> miles Zoltar. <laughs> I wish I could play the drums. Okay, uh, number three. Emma Watson was first choice for the role of Mia, but she chose to pick another film to start as a lead in another film. Beauty and the Beast. Well done, Ozzy. You didn't buzz, though. So oh, no, Beauty and the Beast. Number four, coincidentally, Ryan Gosling was first choice to play the Beast, but chose to shoot La La Land instead. Who ended up playing the Beast? Oh. Downton Abbey fella. Mm, I mean, buzz. <laughs> I, I, I can't. Dan, Dan something. Yeah, Dan Stevens. Well yeah, done, Dave. Okay, number five. I, I said this is fucking hard, but this is Brucey's fault. All right, I'm sorry <laughs> for anybody playing at home. Uh, number five. Talking about other roles Gosling has turned down. Which MCU character did Gosling refuse to play in 2016 because he doesn't do franchises? So this character was first introduced in 2016 in his own standalone film. It's like a guess. Buzz? Go on. Ant-Man? No. Too too late? Mm, no, it's around yeah. the same time. I think I think it was a bit later. 2016. 2016. Uh, Star-Lord? No, okay. Who was introduced in 2016? Can we have a clue? The Hulk? Uh, he um, looked at 14 million different possibilities. Oh, Doctor Strange. Strange. Yeah, well done, Joel. Oh, Doctor Strange. Terrible Doctor Strange. <laughs> yeah. Um, like he was a terrible Sebastian. Um, <laughs> number six, which Tim Burton film did Emma Stone lose out on the lead role for? Talking about losing out on lead roles. In what, what year? Just, I mean, like... Oh, I just can't. I thought you said give us a year. No, I'm not going to give you a fucking year. It could have been any, at any, any point. Temple, lead, in lead, lead in role. overlapping careers. Lead, like, there's, uh, there's, there's, there's only one. Alice. Oh, yes, you. well done. Alice yeah. Black. I was going to say, there's not that many ones where <laughs> a female is the lead role. It's usually fucking Johnny Depp or Johnny Depp in a wig. Um, so, yeah. Oh, Alice. Helen Bonham Carter. Helen Bonham Carter, yeah. Um, or Johnny Depp in a wig. Uh, so, number seven. Uh, Gosling was nominated for an Oscar for actor in a leading role. This was his second nomination in that field. What was the first for? <laughs> A, a clue was... it, go on drive no a clue it was a wrestling related film no idea mm. wrestling related yeah he played a wrestling coach the wrestler <sighs> no oh. but that was a description of his character so I'm going to give it to Ozzy <laughs> uh, it was half Nelson oh, I've never even heard of that film now uh, Stone it was really good actually um, uh, and he was good in it as well um, so <laughs> Stone unlike this film uh, number 8 Stone was nominated and won an Oscar for a lead role in this film Stone has also received two nominations for supporting roles name those films point for each Buzz go on the favourite and Oh, do I have to get both? <laughs> no, no, you get one for the favourite. Um, is it Birdman? Yes, well done, Dave. Two in the bag. Uh, number nine, Gosling and Stone have co-starred together twice before. Name those films a point-to-pair film, each one again. Mm. Ooh, 
Like, I'm not going to lie, the second one is utterly forgettable. Like, you could watch it this morning and forget it, like, by the, I'm going to say late morning, early afternoon. I'm struggling. I, Gangster Squad. Was one of them Ides of March? Or? No, no, and the other one was... Um, Crazy, stupid love. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This quiz is so difficult. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, number 10, Ryan Gosling was director Peter Jackson's first choice to play Jack Salmon in the Lovely Bones film. He was actually cast as the part, but why did Jackson fire him on the first day of filming? Because... he... Was he a, a bad actor? No, did Austin. He, did he barge past him? Shoulder <laughs> <laughs> charge him? Would no. he not play any Christmas music for him? <laughs> no, okay, I thought you might get this one. He had gotten too fat. Um, oh, yeah, no, yeah. Gosling, well, um, listen to how much he put on, though. Gosling read the part and was like, I'm too young and handsome to be playing this part, essentially. <laughs> I feel like the role needs to be, you know, like um, beefier. So he gained 60 pounds for the role, pitched up on the first day of filming, and Jackson was like, What? <laughs> uh, I hired you because, you know, like I wanted Ryan Gosling. And he's like, can you lose some weight? And he's like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> so we had Mark Wahlberg instead. Yeah. Um, okay, right. So that's it. I, I don't know. I think everybody lost, to be honest, yeah. including the listeners who probably tuned out by now. Uh, so I apologies. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, at least they'd have just phoned it in and we'd all get wound right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry, Joel. No, that's grand. Thank you very much, guys. So, right, I've had a, it's been quite a tricky one, this one. Um, also, I had to remove some of my own prejudice. I'm not <laughs> a massive Gosling fan. I think he's done some good performances, but I do find him a little overrated. And it does sound like maybe this is one of those performances where he has been a little overrated from what Gavin is saying. And it does seem to be a film that hinges very much on its two leads. There doesn't seem to be anyone else to really pad this out. But you guys made a good point for saying they do have some good chemistry together. And although Gav said the chemistry might not work, you know, the characters aren't really plausible. You know, he seems like a bit of a dick. He's not very likable. I find that that's okay because they don't wind up together. It's not that kind of love story where it's like, oh, he's a dick and she forgives him for it. It's like, no, no, they they, they go their separate ways. It doesn't work out. So that's that, that kind of makes up for that one in my mind. Also, because it's only really focused on two people, the diversity thing that Gav mentioned, I mean, Joel agreed, and I think Austin did too, yeah. that, yeah, that, that's a problem. That is regrettable, especially in, in this day and age. You know, we talked about 13th Warrior last week, and it's like 20 years ago, a lot has happened since then. With this one, this was only, what, two years ago? Yeah, yeah. That is very regrettable. Um, and I'm prepared to give it a little bit of leeway just because it is essentially a cast of two by the sounds of it. So it's like, how, how much can you really do? But they could have done better by the sounds of it. I like what Austin was saying about how the film isn't really a love story, nor is it a love letter to LA. It's a story to people who are like working on their dreams and maybe haven't quite reached them yet, which I know we, we were ragging on LA a little bit before, but LA, you know, the, the home of, of Hollywood, there are a lot of people that never got to achieve their dreams around LA. It's kind of an appropriate setting in that respect. And I feel it's well shot from what I've heard, and I feel the musical numbers are quite good, if not a little understated. But I feel because it's a modern-day musical and it's not really got anything to base itself on, you can almost get away with understated, but almost maybe not. Like Gav said, this was also a clean slate and the director could have done whatever he's so pleased with it. So as you can tell, I've been pretty conflicted over this one. This really has been a tough one to call. Everyone's done a very good job stating their case. But I think when push comes to shove, I'm going to say that maybe this was a little underwhelming. And for that, I am just, just going to put it on the shit list. Literally by a hair's breadth. Wow. wow. Go back to last week. I'm going to go find that steak and ask Gav to... Okay, <laughs> <laughs> uh, genuine opinions, Austin. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was incredibly well shot. I, I, maybe I just didn't give it enough uh, uh, conviction with what I was saying. Oh, no, I, no, I no it was a good it. case. Yeah. It was a good case. Yeah, yeah it's not on the hit list because you are bad. <laughs> <laughs> you did a bad job. Yeah, just fucking Oscar, Oscar nominated. <laughs> I know. Oscar, Oscar winning film. Oscar winning film. Like, well, I tried my best, but Austin just kept fucking <laughs> yeah. pulling me back. In spite of those Oscars, I still couldn't get it. Austin, made, Austin made an excellent case for this one. Honestly, this was this was a tough call. Um, Joel? Uh, I didn't too much care for it. Like, I, I thought it was overrated, but I think, you know, maybe if I'd watched it without having all the hype and that type of stuff behind it, then maybe I would have thought something else. But it's uh, like Ryan Gosling is just a bit of a tit in it. And yeah, he is, like, uh, Emma Stone is great, but at the same time, you know, I kind of felt myself feeling some of the things that you mentioned. Like, I know it's not meant to be a typical love story, 
But at the same time, the fil- I kind of felt like the film was making you go down that path like it wanted you to want the characters to end up together. But Ryan Gosling's just a bit of a bad knobhead and Emma Stone is just like really kind of ditzy and just doesn't see any of that. And like you, again, uh, like Austin said, Sarah, I read a few things before I watched it and kind of like the, the lack of diversity and that type of thing is, is possibly an issue. But, you know, I think if they do kind of decide to go like Broadway with it, like they've done with Great Showman and things like that, that may open up loads of opportunities for mm. uh, different actors and actresses to uh, to get behind it. And I think that actually it may actually work better on like as a Broadway show than as a film because uh, I found myself kind of clocking off a little bit, isn't it, just over like two hours or something yeah, like yeah. that, which I kind of felt was a long fucking time to drag that story out for. Uh, and I was relieved at the end, really. So, uh, you know, it's not for me, but it is an incredibly well-shot film. I felt uh, the opposite, to be honest. I loved it. Um, I thought it was really good. Um, I, I, I do agree with some of the things I was saying. I think, you know, Ryan Gosling's character is quite unlikable in it. I do think, actually, Ryan Gosling did, did a, a good job. I, I mean, I, I apologise to Ryan Gosling I've for everything this. I've been hard. <laughs> now, now uh, to be honest, it's, it, like, it's, it's not... As as I said, I was underwhelmed at some aspects when I was talking about that that iconic dance scene. It was just a little bit like I was like, "Oh, here we go! This is going to be amazing!" And it was just a little bit like, "Oh, yeah." You know what I mean? I, I was thinking that it was going to be this fantastic dance number, as I said before. You know, like Top had something really, really amazing that you're going to remember forever. But it was just apart from that slide that they did that's on the poster. That was the only memorable bit for me. And um, the characters could have done with some better work as well. You know, as Joel said before, Emma Stone's character is it's just a little bit like yeah, she, she, there's not that much to it, and you know, she doesn't see that Ryan Gosling's a bit of a tit. But I. I, I did I did like their relationship. I was actually genuinely gutted when they didn't get together at the end. Um, I, I will agree with my point about diversity. I feel like it should have definitely been more diverse and, you know, there's no excuse for that. But the film, the way it was filmed was absolutely beautiful. You know, the, the direction, it was amazing. The cinematography was great. The music is absolutely fantastic as well. And so overall, like, you know, I genuinely enjoyed it. Mm. Um, just quickly, bit of triv. Dave, you got any? No. I've got some. So all of the piano playing in the film done by Ryan Gosling is actually performed by Ryan Gosling. Yeah. So he um, was given recordings of everything that he was going to learn beforehand. And he spent about two months, six days a week, two hours a day, just going over it with a, a piano teacher. And so everything that he plays in the film, he plays himself, which uh, John Legend was not happy about. He was like, <laughs> I've had years of classical piano training and you come in in like two months and learn all that jazz piano. And uh, yeah, yeah, I, I reckon he probably hates him now, to be fair. But um, no. Uh, okay, so higher or lower than our previous film on trial, which was... <laughs> the 13th of Warrior. I'm going to say lower. <laughs> really? Oh, now... Uh... 30 Warrior got 33% critical and 65% audience score on Tomatoes. I'm not even going to insult you. Let's not insult 13th Warrior and let's just leave this one. So La La Land, 91 and 81. So just a little bit, little bit. Um, Okay, so once again, I put up a poll on Twitter over the weekend and asked our friends and followers which list La La Land should be placed on. Once again, tight, very tight. Uh, I'd stop, stop laughing. I see you thinking about Christian Grey again. Now, fifty percent of our listeners decided that it should be placed on the shit list. So, Dave, maybe you made the right call there. So I mean, fifty percent put it on the hit list. But yeah, fifty-fifty. No, fifty-seven. I said. Oh, fifty-seven. So forty-three percent. Bless you. Uh, now, before we adjourn the case, it's time for a little bit. I've of I've got caption. a bit of triv. Oh, hello, hello. Oh, well, <laughs> it's hello. Joel-based trivia, though. Oh, <laughs> like, I, I, haven't, I haven't won an argument in literally about four months. <laughs> really yeah seriously it goes beyond when we move to this new format (laughs) shit man I I apologise I apologise but maybe yeah you you might get your your first one next week but um, yeah maybe maybe, you know you've just been hanging around with Ozzy too much (laughs) Um, okay so what we do here for the caption contest we take a screenshot of the film, we place it on Twitter for our friends and followers to provide a funny caption. Uh, this week, it is Emma Stone bewildered whilst reading an audition. Um, so the funniest caption here wins a chocolatey frog-shaped treat. Uh, now, 
<laughs> all you guys are going to do is pick the best and funniest caption out of the following um <laughs> it's oh, it's really annoying that my phone's just turned off at this moment in time here we go so you guys have just got to pick the funniest one out of just one more push i imagine that's to do with uh taking a bowel movement uh, okay and that's it <laughs> I just want to really capture the, uh, the hearts and minds yeah. of, our, of our audience. Yes. Uh, yeah, so uh, congratulations, uh, Ready Steady Remake Podcast. By default, you have just won yourselves, Alfredo. <laughs> but to be fair, it was the best one this week. So well done. <laughs> okay, um, now next week's film has not been pulled out of the hat at random, uh, as next week it is the return of Halloween Horror Month. Oh wow, is it that time already? It is that time already, it's come along. So uh, yeah, so what we're going to do throughout Halloween or October is each one of us here at Films on Trial will pick and defend a horror movie that we think is pretty decent, but others might think is a bit of poo. I thought that was going to be a poo sound effect. <laughs> I, was, I was waiting for it. I've already watched too, too many horror films for this year. <laughs> uh, um, so uh, all, so uh, uh, we've picked out a random who's going to go first, and it will be me. And I have picked the classic Halloween 3 season of The Witch. <laughs> Cla- classic. Yes, it is classic. Now, I've picked this film because I think it gets an unfair rep. It's an original and unsettling story. They get shit because it doesn't have Michael Myers in it. But if anybody has watched Halloween's Fall to Resurrection, <laughs> they'll know that that isn't necessarily a bad thing. <laughs> anyway, right, it's good, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna defend it to the hilt next week. So I'll obviously be defending this. But all of the other roles have been picked out of the hat at random. So in the role of defense and trying to help me place it on the hit list will be Captain Dave. In the roles of prosecution and trying to get it placed on the shit list will be alex and joel so joel it seems like a bit of a fucking open goal next week if you don't get <laughs> you don't get the win which means the judge will be aussie uh, so i just want to say thank you to everybody who has listened to this episode please remember to like share and subscribe tell your friends and family about us perform a one-person show about your love for the show or open up a name you know like open up a restaurant and name it after our podcast you could call it flicks and dicks <laughs> Uh, just spread. why would you call a restaurant you, Flicks and Dicks that's a, not an also, that's name not well, nearly what our podcast is called right right A right Ryan Gosling's character Sebastian wants to call his restaurant a chick chick chicks on sticks or something chicken on sticks right does he he does it's a jazz club that he wants yeah yeah but he wants to call it uh, chicken on sticks because as he mansplains to Mia that um, <laughs> did you just no, make those these words up no 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 because of uh, birds you know Charlie Parker's nickname was birds because he ate a lot of chicken so he wants to serve chicken on sticks and he's going to play jazz in the background that's the whole thing that's the joke I should have mentioned this earlier so you knew what the fuck I was going on about <laughs> and, and I'm, I'm talking about the fact that so we just end the podcast flicks, there. like another word for films because we cover films yeah, yeah. dicks because there's often penis jokes in there from you well I'm not going to name any names but um, <laughs> yeah from me yeah now just spread the warm love that is films on trial in as many years as possible check out our twitter page at film trials check out our fantastic graphic artist Winston Sang at the underscore quirks and check us out on our website filmsontrial.co.uk and all social media and YouTube as well so that's it guys we have put La La Land on trial and it is a I've forgotten now it was shit. a shit wasn't it it was a shit yeah oh hello it was a shit so we will be in your ears next week with Halloween 3 Season of the Witch goodbye <laughs> <laughs>